I'm Lizanne Flynn. I'm a master healer who works with all earthlings to reunite them within themselves and with each other, regardless of the dimension they're currently in. Meaning, I'm a medium as well as an animal communicator, medical intuitive, and channel for all beings. I use the tools of shamanic journeying and soul retrieval to support animals and humans as they heal from past trauma. I'm certified as a Reiki master teacher and as a canine massage therapist. This is the Animals I View podcast. There was a, at least for me, very funny post from the National Park Service recently about what to do if you should encounter bear when you're outdoors. And I'll I'll read the full post to you and put a link in the podcast notes so you all can read it again for yourselves because it's it's pretty funny, darkly funny, which is how (laughs) I like my humor. It starts out, quote, If a bear clacks its teeth, sticks out its lips, huffs, woofs, or slaps the ground with its paws, it is warning you that you are too close and are making it nervous. The bear's nervous? Heed this warning and slowly back away. What else should you do or not do if you you come across a bear in Yellowstone? Do not immediately drop to the ground and play dead. Bears can sense overacting. Do not run, shout, or make sudden movements. Do not run up and push the bear, and do not push a slower friend down, even if you feel the friendship has run its course. Running may trigger a chase response in the bear, and you can't outrun a bear. Bears in Yellowstone chase down elk calves all the time. You do not want to look like a slow elk calf. Apologies to the elk calf. Slowly putting distance between yourself and the bear may diffuse the situation. Draw your bear spray from the holster, remove the safety tab, and prepare to use it if the bear charges. In most cases, climbing a tree is a poor decision. Bears can climb trees, especially if there's something up the tree that the bear wants. Also, when was the last time you climbed a tree? Running to a tree or frantically climbing a tree may provoke the bear to chase you. If the friend you pushed down somehow made it up a tree and is now extending you a hand, there's a good chance you're not getting up that tree. Karma's a bear. Again, I think it's pretty funny and oftentimes, not surprisingly, humor is the perfect way to get the truth across in a situation. In other words, stop messing around with bear and above all, don't feed any wildlife. We'll get to the second part of that, don't feed any wildlife here in just a second. The 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 basic premise me, <laughs> remains the same. Stop messing around with animals in the wild. Uh, upon my posting that, the what I just read to you about what to do if you should encounter a bear up in Yellowstone, and I'd have to say I think that applies for pretty much encountering bear anywhere. When I posted that in my Facebook group, The Animals I View, There was another post offered by another member about a bear that was, air quotes, thunder walking, as the article in the post indicated, and that the member of this group thought that they might also use, as well, thunder walking in certain situations. It it sounded pretty much the same behavior as the slapping the ground with their paws, 
Only the video that accompanied the article and the post was taken from a wildlife tour bus that, I guess, had tourists in it and seemed to be existing with the purpose of getting the wildlife seekers uh, in close proximity to the wildlife. After all, that was the purpose of the tour, to get as close as possible to uncaged wildlife in order to get their authentic reaction of a threat display. I possibly, from my vantage point, am reading into that a little bit more, maybe, than you, gentle listener, might. Perhaps there are people who go out on safari or any other kind of wildlife tour and would simply be content as I am to look off in the distance or to perhaps get uh, from, from my car to the side of the road at another 50 yards to, oh my God, look, there's a deer, there's an elk. I think it would be fabulous to see a moose, uh, a bear, etc. But there are also those people And cynic that I am, (laughs) I think that it's probably also likely that the operators of any wildlife tour bus would love to be able to give human wildlife seekers um, the thrill. And as humans, uh, we like that. Some of us like that, I guess I should say. It gives us an equal measure of both terror and amazement which are not at opposite ends of the emotional spectrum as you might imagine them to be. Because the combination of the two, both terror and amazement, leads you to a state of being called awe, A-W-E. And to be honest with you, I didn't share the post in my group because of the situation at hand. I perceived, perhaps wrongly, deliberately seeking and threatening wildlife in an attempt to give the tourists their money's worth. And to be clear, this tour bus was really close to this bear. And I I guess I'm going to land on the side of the bear that it doesn't really matter to a certain extent how close you are. If that animal is reacting in such a way and showing you a defensive posture, that animal is saying to you, you're way too close to me, you need to back the, you know what, up. And I, I, I also thought because of the anthropomorphic overtones of the thunderwalking that someone perceived that, well, if a bear can thunderwalk and kind of have a threat display and show people that, you know, don't mess with me, well, then I can do that as well. I'm always going to likely land on the side of the animals. That's just how I work. And on the heels of the National Park Service uh, rather pithy post about the bear was another post on Facebook, because that's how this works, about um, how delightful it was for a woman to feed a family of deer from her backyard year after year so that she alone could make sure that these deer were getting enough to eat. And wasn't it also coincidentally or not delightful that year after year, this one particular female deer brought back each new fawn or set of fawns to meet this woman. It honestly wasn't surprising to me that most of the comments were about how fabulous, how cute, and how amazing it was that this woman had stolen this deer's wildness and domesticated her and her offspring to being fed by humans. That's my sidebar to this whole situation. What was surprising that there was only one post that I saw that commented on how it was illegal in most states to feed wildlife, because it is. Uh, 
And I'll put a link to that information from the USDA in the podcast notes. Y'all know I've talked at length before and will likely continue to do so with consistent reminders that Kinshin schema, anthropomorphism, and all the other $10 college words related to how our species see other animals, in particular those of prey such as deer, because of how they make us feel. We see their soft fur, their big eyes with the long lashes, and think, ooh, I would love to have one of those forever. Such as in the case of, my opinion, the terribly misguided woman who perceives that feeding a prey animal in the wild in an unnatural way and literally conditioning that animal to leave the safety of the forest to come out into the open by coercion with food where it is even more in danger of being taken by a predator is um, somehow cute. This, this is definitely not the same as terror leading to awe. And still, it has, it has its roots in the same because it ends in the awe part. And this one's roots are in amazement. Most humans would say that they don't fear ungulate such as deer, although certainly lots of other mammals who have hooves, such as hippo and rhino, might be well-founded in terror, especially because of how fast they can move for all of their size. And uh, honestly, uh, I, I think it has more to do with the wild aspect of these animals, where we encounter them, and the very terror that strikes in our heart as we recognize in ourselves our very own wild side. Because that belongs firmly in the shadow where all the rest of polite society says it should stay, rather than than in the life-giving, life-affirming, visceral vitality that claims us as belonging to Earth herself. I'm sure you might even now feel all the incremental levels of terror inside of you just with the thought of thinking yourself as belonging to the wild. Then again, that might be the very thing that fills you with joy and (laughs) sets your heart free. As an aside, I will also put a link in the podcast notes to one of my most favorite books ever by Dr. Clarissa Pinkola Estes, Women Who Run With the Wolves. It really is a must read, frankly, for anybody. Regardless of gender, we all have a wild side. I have talked before about Pluchik's Wheel of Emotion, and with the link I'm posting in the podcast notes, it's worth it to see the visual of this literal flower of emotions and related feelings, states of being as perceived by humans about our our world. So often the phrase, a picture speaks a thousand words, and when you see this picture, You'll, you'll definitely get it. You'll see how the inner petals of the flower of eight emotions, the emotions being short, sharp bursts from the nervous system relaying information to us, the inhabitant of the body, flower outward into states of being or feelings, as we like to call them. In the above two cases, both bear and deer, they, they both end in awe, and yet One we might see is more relatable, that being deer, because it's less likely to end in terror. That is, it is less likely to be chased by deer than it is to be chased by bear. 
Although I have seen some videos where an animal in the wild that we might perceive to be cute and that we're amazed that we're so close to the cuteness leading to awe also means that we are not alone in our activation of Pluchik's Wheel of Emotions. Meaning there have been defensive reactions by, again, air quotes, cute animals. And, you know, what, did did you think that humans were alone as sentient beings on the planets and having depths of emotions? I think it's likely that as many of us will transition out naturally whenever that time comes, we'll also be stunned by how very little we knew and know about the inner lives of our fellow earthlings. I don't think it's because we don't care. We, we honestly just don't think to ask. And we also fear on some level and are terrorized by how very similar they are to us and our emotional bandwidth. And I think part of that terror is also, I dare say, how they may surpass us in some situations. What, what if we put the, the shoe on the other hoof, so to speak? What about the deer who brings her young to the woman's house? Do you think she knows how the woman feels about her? Do you think she cares in the face of knowing that her young will get fed? Would it surprise you to know that, of course, she knows and can feel the woman's emotion? Of course, she knows that the woman thinks she's feeding out of the goodness of her heart, and that, in reality, the shadow aspect of wanting to experience the amazement and awe of having subsequent generations of deer come to her property— just because she has the power to do so? As a fellow sentient being, which would matter to you more? Knowing your young or your family members would be fed, or knowing that you are submitting yourself to the will of another just so that they could be fed? What if the shoe were on the other paw? Can you imagine how on safari, perhaps, a mother lioness walking out at night with her solitary cub might feel when crossing a road and suddenly hit with a spotlight. And knowing that this spotlight is attached to a jeep filled with humans, several of whom are likely armed and ready to kill both her and her cub just in case she makes a wrong move? Trust me, she knows. Might she feel some initial terror at being so close without any barricades between her and another apex predator while out with her cub? Might she feel some amazement at being so close to another species who is also equal parts predator and prey? How might she feel by the enticement of knowing that perhaps an easier-than-normal dinner is just feet away that she could likely cover in one or two leaps? What about the male elephant who charges the same group of humans in the daylight because, again, their jeep has gotten too close to his family, who also happen to have young in their group? Can you imagine, just for a moment, the terror and amazement they might feel at being in close proximity to us, knowing that there are no barricades, and that those barricades that we perceive keep us safe from them are actually intended and can be seen from the other side of the fence, so to speak, of keeping them safe from us. I think they're much better at given their diversity at accepting and embracing the feeling of awe, firstly at being on such a planet of diversity, balance, and abundance, and secondly, how quickly they move to honoring that balance, which of course is the very place that we step out of. We simply cannot fathom, much less embrace, 
that we are not at the top of the heap and all other species must bow down before us and submit to our will, all because we cannot stand it any other way. I think it's stunning how quickly we lose sight of their perspective, and quite frankly, of any other being's perspective when we are in our equal parts of both terror and amazement. How consistently we fail to see that from the inside, our own flower of emotions and states of beings, that nothing, nothing ever happens on this planet in a vacuum. We are constantly affecting each other within our own species and most definitely affecting them as fellow earthlings. Just like all flowers know, everything grows better when we share in all of what's available to all of us with an eye always, always, always towards what's better for all of us in the bottom line. At least that's how the animals see it. Thanks for listening today. Leave a review if you're so inspired and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. I offer all new clients a free 15-minute consultation. Reach out if you think I can be of service via www.lazanflynn.com. Come and find me on social media, Facebook, Twitterverse, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I invite you to sign up for my quarterly newsletter on my website where I also post notices for upcoming events such as new classes and online psychic fairs. This has been the Animals Eye View podcast. I'll see you next time. Thank you.